0: You're listening to The Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the word. Well, welcome into The Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We are glad that you're joining us for the first podcast of 2021. Dad, we, we're we here in a new year. That's right. exciting. Uh, We hope that each and every one of you who are listening had a great Christmas and a a good start to your new year. Uh, We are excited to to be back here recording and and broadcasting in a new year. We had a couple uh, Sundays there uh, that we took off. And this is going to be our first uh, episode again of, of 2021, and we're going to be starting a new series, Dad, and I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. This is uh, kind of a continuation or maybe a part two of the series that we just finished. So uh, if you've been listening and following along, you know, we just finished The Coming King, The Lamb of Bethlehem a series, and the series that we're going into now is going to be The Coming King, The Lion of Judah. And, you know, the first time that Jesus came, he came as a, a helpless little baby, and not many people noticed Uh, when he came, but the next Mm -hmm. time that he's coming, he's going to come as that lion of Judah. He's going to come as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and every eye is going to see and every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord dad. And so it's this second coming of Christ that will be our focus for the next several weeks.
1: And I don't know about you. I'm excited to get into the topic here. That's right. You know, I heard in a song that this world has seen the last of the meek and lowly Jesus. When he comes again, he comes as King of kings and Lord of lords. That's exactly right. You know this. Um,
0: this series we'll be looking at uh, the events that lead up to uh, the end of time, uh, the end times. You, you'll hear it referred to as as different ways: the end of age, the end of time, end times, second coming of Christ. All of those things kind of get used interchangeably. But that's what our focus is going to be: is looking at these events leading up to uh, the return of Jesus, um, the events that'll be right there as he comes back, and then also what's going to follow uh, once he returns. And so. Uh, we're going to be looking at at the end of time, mm-hmm. and Dad. As I was thinking about the end of time, I began to do a little bit of research, and I uh, I went and I looked at uh, Google Trends, mm-hmm. and I was looking to see, you know, um, how popular is this topic. And I was surprised. Maybe you will be surprised, um, or maybe you won't, uh, to find that um, the topic of the end times and the second coming of Christ is now one of the top trending searches is happening right now. In yeah. fact, the way that Google reports it, they, they give it a scale, and, and we can tell from that scale that it is more popular now, and there are more searches happening right now mm-hmm. than ever happened in the recorded history uh, that Google has of, of, of this topic. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's reached kind of a fever pitch with 2020 being, you know, obviously a, a troubling year, a lot of things happening, a lot right. of chaos in our world. People are looking for answers. Mm-hmm. And so um, I feel like our series is, is coming at a great time mm-hmm. uh, because we're going to be looking at this these questions about what the end times is, what it means, mm-hmm. how will it happen, when will it unfold, um, and hopefully provide some answers to some people who are searching.
1: That's right. That's exactly right.
0: You know, many who are searching uh, – uh, our listeners are probably want to know, you know, are we close? Or maybe they're wondering how will we know if we're drawing close to the the end of of time or the return of Christ. And you know, that's exactly what we're going to try and, and tackle today. We're going to be trying to look at those uh, early signs that are leading into the second coming of Christ. But overall, in our, in our entire series, we're going to be using kind of an analogy. I thought it'd be good if you can kind of explain the sure. analogy that we're going to be using uh, yeah. through the series.
1: Well, to help you better understand the sequence of events that the Bible predicts take place at the end of time. We're going to make an analogy using a football game. And I know that we have a lot of football fans out there. Well, it's easy to make an analogy of football with the events of the end of time, because number one, football is a struggle, a struggle between two opposing teams, giving it all that they have got. The end times, likewise, will be a continuation of the struggle between good and evil, God and Satan, except during the end times, the struggle will have intensified. Now, the second reason you can easily use a football game in an analogy with the time of the end has to do with the fact that college football games can no longer end in a tie. Someone has to win. Well, likewise, in the struggle between God and Satan at the end of time— There can be no tie because everything, uh, before everything is wrapped up, God will emerge as the winner. Now, a third reason why I find football a great sport to use to make an analogy with the end times has to do with the fact that the predictions concerning the tribulation and the second coming of Christ can be easily made to fit and explain using the parts of a football game. For example, just as a football game has Pre-game activities, the Bible says, and tells us of things that will proceed or take place before the start of the seven years of tribulation. Furthermore, following the pre-game activities, the start of a football game is marked by a specific event, a kickoff, where one team kicks off to another, getting the game underway. Likewise, the start of the tribulation will be triggered by one big event, the signing of the peace treaty between that of the Antichrist, who has promised to protect Israel from her enemies. And so, in other words, this will be a peace treaty between Israel and her enemies, with the Antichrist standing there as a backup to Israel and following the natural divisions a football game which calls for two halves or periods of play with a halftime in the middle, the seven-year tribulation that the Bible speaks of can be divided into two three-and-a-half-year periods with a halftime or middle waypoint that is climactic. Finally, just as a football game ends with the final blow of a whistle, the end of the tribulation and the return of Christ to this earth will be marked by the blow of the last trumpet." Now, today as we begin this new series of podcast messages on the end time events, we're going to start off by looking at the pregame activities. In other words, the things that the Bible predicts will be going on just before the kickoff or the signing of the peace treaty, which will coincide closely with the rapture of the church. You know, that's a great analogy. And so I will say, since we
0: have um, a growing number of international uh, listeners, uh, when we talk about football, we're talking about American football here. And that's so right. We are big uh, big soccer fans, uh, and so we like uh, the European football as well. Um, but we are talking about uh, American football in this analogy. And that's the, the what we'll be using throughout this series is kind of that analogy as we talk through. And so as as Dad just laid out, we're going to be focusing in on the pregame activities. And that is the signs and the activity is going to happen leading up to um, the end of times, and really, I feel like that's uh, people are interested in that because mm-hmm. they they want to know, and they they see all the stuff happening around them, and they're going. Okay, this seems like it's important. It seems like this means something. What exactly does it mean? Right. And we're going to try to address some of those uh, on our podcast today. You know, Dad, as I was thinking about um, the signs of our times and and, and the signs of the end of times and what that would look like, there were several that stuck out to my mind. And the first and probably the the most notable or most important uh, (laughs) sign that we are nearing the end of times is the restoration of Israel. Right. Um, I strongly believe that, that that is the modern nation of Israel, uh, which became its own independent nation in 1948, is the, the single largest sign that we are approaching or already at the beginning of the end of times. A super sign. A super sign, if you will. That's right. Um, many places in Scripture predict that the regathering and restoration of Israel w- would occur. We find it in Isaiah 43. We find it in Ezekiel 34 and chapter 36 and 37. And I personally like Jeremiah 30, verse 3, uh, that reads this, For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity my people, Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land, and that I gave the, their fathers, and they shall possess it. And so for me, um, what happened all the way back in 1948, mm-hmm. where Israel was recognized as its own nation, was kind of the big super sign, as you said. That's you right. Know, that, that was the first thing of of that occurring, of them being recognized as a people group and as a, as a geological place mm-hmm. um, on the map, was one of the biggest signs that, right. that happened. hmm you know, moreover, um, we see that Israel is going to play a critical role in events to, to occur in the future. And so Israel had to become a country in order to fill the rest of these prophetic um, activities. That's right. That's right. And so you ask, what are those? Um, some of the things that we'll be talking about as we get further into the series, we'll talk about the Antichrist. Uh, we'll sign that seven-year uh, peace treaty that you were referring to, a seven-year covenant mm-hmm. with Israel. The Antichrist will also invade the nation of Israel when it, is, when it is at peace. And then eventually all nations of the earth are going to invade uh, Jerusalem as well. And so Israel has to be a country, has to be a sovereign nation in order for these events that are going to occur in the future to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Dad, um, I find it interesting that Israel uh, seems to be in the news every day. Mm -hmm. You know, even the the most uh, shrewd uh, skeptic or religious skeptic would wonder, why does it seem that all eyes are always on this tiny little piece of real estate and their perpetual peace process that swirls around it. Mm-hmm. It seems
1: like all focus is on, on Israel. Every time you turn on the news, there's something about Israel going on. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, and, and talking about those scripture verses where it has been prophesied and predicted that the Jews that had been scattered would return back to their homeland, Israel. Uh, several stand out to me. Jeremiah 16, 14, and 15. Jeremiah in the 7th century BC predicted that there would be a mass migration of Jewish people to return to the land from the far north that would be Russia now listen to what jeremiah said in jeremiah 16:14 and 15 therefore behold the days are coming says the lord that it shall no more be said the lord Lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where He had driven them, for I will bring them back into their land which I gave to their fathers. Now, for many years after the establishment of Israel as a nation in 1948, the Soviet Jews, they wanted to return to Israel, but they weren't allowed to. But with the demise of communism, they were told in 1989 that they could return to Israel. By 1990, Soviet Jews were arriving in Israel at a rate of 1,800 a day. In 1990, 187,000 Soviet Jews arrived in israel and today there is a massive amount of soviet jews living in israel now over in zephaniah chapter 3 verse 10 the bible makes another prediction concerning the jews returning to israel zephaniah who also prophesied in the 7th century bc said from beyond the rivers of ethiopia my worshipers the daughter of my dispersed one shall bring my offering. Well, in fulfillment of this prophecy, black Jews living in Africa started a massive migration back to Israel in the late 1980s. And You know, as of the year 2000, that's the last report I had, there were 85,000 black Jews living in Israel. Other prophecies made concerning Israel and the soon-coming Messianic age have also started being fulfilled. For instance, in Isaiah 35, uh, verses 1 and 2, we're going to listen. I'm going to read these verses of Scripture to you. The Bible says, The wilderness and the wasteland, talking about Israel, shall be glad for them. For the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Now pay attention to that. And blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of of our God. Now, folks, until the 1940s, Israel was nothing but a desert. But as soon as Israel was established as a nation, the Jews uh, began to plant trees like crazy. Five million a year since the 1950s, there have been planted over 200 million trees in that little country. Now, The Israelis invented drip irrigation systems and so have turned the deserts into gardens. The United Nations calls Israel the most agriculturally efficient land on earth. But the drip system the Jews invented doesn't have anything to do with it. The prophet Joel over in Joel 2.23 said, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice In the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain, in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. Well, according to this prophecy, there will be an increase of rainfall after Israel is reestablished as a nation. And once again, since 1950, rainfall in Israel has steadily increased. In fact, it's been increasing, we know, from the 50s till the, the early 2000s at a rate of 10%. per decade. That's a 50% increase in rainfall from the establishment of the nation of Israel in 1948. Another prophecy concerning Israel and the Messianic age, which we are already beginning to see the fulfillment of, is found in Isaiah 27, 6. There, Isaiah prophesies, saying, Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the earth with her fruit. In fulfillment of this prophecy, Israel in recent years has become a chief exporter of roses. You remember I told you to pay attention to those words about rose. It says in Isaiah 35, verse 2, "...it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice." And then in verse one, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Did you know that Israel in recent years has become a chief exporter of roses? And today, if you go to Europe and eat citrus fruit, there's a nine and ten chance it came from Israel because Israel produces about 90 percent percent of Europe's citrus crop. Another prophecy that was made about Israel that has been fulfilled in our day was made by the prophet Ezekiel. The prophet Ezekiel predicted that the nation of Israel uh, that would reestablish in the final days would be a mass of unwalled villages. Now, imagine a sixth century man envisioning a nation without walls. That was unheard of during his time. But Ezekiel, through the help of God, was able to look through history and see a time in in the latter days, when the nation of Israel would be without walls, Ezekiel's prophecy has been fulfilled in our day. That's exactly
0: right. Those are amazing prophecies that are being fulfilled. And, and Dad, I'm always just surprised. But, again, we're talking about a relatively small strip of land yeah. in, in a very rough climate. And yet they are so rich in resources and they've been able to do so much um, in in such a small time frame, uh, you know, just over the course of roughly 70 uh, years or so. um, It's unreal. You know, uh, many of you are listening. You're saying, well, you know, that's all great and good. But, uh, you know, 1948, that's a long time ago. What about more recently? What's happening here? And so I, I thought I would pull some more recent things that are happening with Israel, because I said, anytime you turn on the TV, usually you're going to hear mm-hmm. on the news something about Israel. Right. Just consider these um, these things that are happening recently involving Israel. Probably the most notable came in December of 2017 when President Trump kept his promise by announcing that the U.S. would begin recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and officially move our embassy there. Right. Now that was big because Jerusalem currently is a divided, or was at the time, a divided city between Israel and the Palestinian state. They both claimed it. They both said, this is our holy land. And so it was always in turmoil. And so, you know, I I went back and looked, and and Dad, every president since I've been alive Mm -hmm. has talked about doing this. That's right. And even Congress has voted multiple times that we needed to do it, but no one ever done it. That's right. No one's ever done it until now. Uh, And Trump did it in 2017 and said, hey, we're going to recognize Jerusalem as the capital and move the embassy. Now, when he said he was going to move the embassy, there was projections that, oh, this is going to take, you know, maybe years to happen Mm -hmm. And then, in, in a surprise, it really shocked the world. Uh, the U.S. officially opened its, its embassy in less than six months uh, following the announcement that we were going to name uh, Jerusalem as a uh, recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, our embassy opened there on May 14th, 2018. That was 70 years to the day uh, that President Truman recognized um, Israel as an independent country. Boy, that's neat. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. It's unreal that that's happening and unfolded just here in the last few years. And if you want something to more recent, recent than that, if we go back just about three or four weeks ago, on December 11th, the White House announced that President Trump had brokered a peace a deal between Israel and the Kingdom of Morocco. Now, that would be great. You would say, okay, that's one peace deal. So, So what? Well, that was the fourth peace deal in a matter of four months. Mm-hmm. It seems that these Middle Eastern countries are all beginning to line up to want to to work and to, to have peace with, with Israel. Now, we, we talk about a peace treaty that's going to come in the future. And so for me, when I started hearing peace deals happening in the Middle East with Israel, two things came to mind. One, mm-hmm. well, they're probably not going to keep it because we've seen that happen before. Right. But when I saw multiple in a row, I just said, something's going on here. And all these countries beginning to say, I'm willing to talk or willing to come to the table. Mm-hmm. it seems like all the pieces are beginning to come in line for you know a 7 year
1: deal to be done sometime in the future that's exactly right. It's coming. It is coming. As a matter of fact, you know, more than likely, Trump's not going to go in as our president. He could. We don't know how things are going to shake up tomorrow uh, when the Electoral College uh, votes are, are put in. But uh, one thing that we can know for sure, if uh, Trump was alive or he was the president, he already had a lot of nations lined up ready to make other peace treaties. That's yeah. already been said.
0: Exactly. It's amazing that how fast we've moved on the prophetic uh Timeline in just a few years Uh when we talk about Israel, it it, it is astonishing uh, that. So, uh, Dad, moving on to our second uh, sign, our large sign that uh, we are nearing the the return of Christ. And uh, as I was thinking about that, the other one that has to be in play is the. Uh, Reuniting of the Roman Empire Yeah Mm -hmm. You know the Bible predicts uh, That when Jesus returns The ruling power of the earth Will be a ten kingdom Confederation of nations um, That are reunited From the old Roman Empire Mm -hmm. It'll basically uh, Be Rome 2.0 If you will That's right And the Bible tells us That this This conglomerate of nations Will be ran By the Antichrist Mm -hmm. And the great prophecies Of Daniel uh, 2 And and Daniel 7 Or chapter 2 And chapter 7 The Bible The Bible uh, tells us that uh, and shows us kind of world history. It projects it for us that there will be uh, five great kingdoms that will come from the time of Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, Babylon, mm-hmm. to the, the return of Christ. And what we know now as we look in retrospect that those were the Babylon uh, period, the the Medo Persian uh, period, the Greece and Rome, and then the fifth is yet to come. That will be Rome reunited. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, Dad, is um, there – recent rise of the European Union, or the EU, as, as many like to call it, seems to be a direct fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the members of the nation are part of the, Roman em- the old Roman Empire um, at the height of its glory. The EU, think about this, it has its own currency, the euro. It's elected its own representative uh, legislative body and has called for its own collective security organization.
1: That's right. You know, back in 2002, I had the opportunity to go to uh, Germany on a mission trip. And while I was there during that mission trip, uh, that was the very week that uh, Germany, you know, made the switch from uh, the mark, the German mark to the euro dollar. And so we just happened to be there for a very uh, significant event uh, that week. And I remember going to a German bank, and and I exchanged some American dollars for Euro dollars. And so I've got some of the first Euro dollars that were ever put out. You know, and and to me, that's pretty neat to think about the fact that I, I felt like uh, prophecy was being fulfilled. There was a sign the Roman Empire was coming together and having a common currency among countries that all had a different currency. That was quite amazing, I thought.
0: Yeah, it all seems to be paving the way for a united government to go along with their united economy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all that remains is for 10 of those nations to really, you know, rise from the mix and, and to form a consolidated government. And then out of that will rise the Antichrist. And right. then, uh, it seems again as we're talking about Israel and the European Union or revised Roman Empire, all the pieces um, are coming together. Uh, it's it just unreal how they're falling into place, and everything seems to be coming in line for uh, the future events to unfold.
1: Yeah, you know, in the United States, we can travel from South Carolina, where we live, to North Carolina without going through any checkpoints, etc., because we're the United States, and this European Union is really the United States of Europe. And just to show you that after the European Union came about, and it all came about in 1957, eventually uh, people had to—they uh, stopped going to checkpoints from going to one country to another. I know during that tour day, uh, the day we took off and did a little bit of uh, sightseeing, we went from Germany to Luxembourg, and I mean, we just—we just traveled right into Luxembourg like you go from South Carolina to North Carolina. I mean, the borders didn't mean anything. Yeah, it was anymore. all common, common mm, area, right? right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and for our listeners that are listening, you may say, well, you know, it's a bit of a stretch that the the EU or the revised Roman Empire is going to to rule the world. But I would ask you to consider it under the broader context um, of this. Think about the push that we are seeing in recent years for globalization. Uh, that term globalization has been used so much in the last 20 25 years right we hear it in terms of the global economy we hear, hear it in terms of global trade we hear it in terms of global citizenship um, it, it just goes on and on the talk of globalization which basically that uh, means that we dissolve our our countries mm. um, or at least our our um, our our clinging to to borders or a country, and we focus at everything at a global world level as one world. That's many right. of you who are listening, you probably heard the term one world order or one world government. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been floated around for many years, and we know that that's all kind of leading to what's referred to here um, in Daniel uh, 2 and 7 of this revised Roman Empire that's going to be leading the world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Dad, the thing that I found most interesting is I was kind of researching the globalization trend that's going on, um, it too has increased in, in, in a fever pitch, if you will. So not mm-hmm. only people searching about the end times, but this topic of globalization and and uh, it is just rising very, very quickly. And I, I stumbled across uh, the fact that the World Economic Forum, which the World Economic Forum is a, um, I don't know a better way to say it or more politically correct way to say it, but it's a bunch of rich, elite, uh, global um, elitist world leaders that come together every year and they have a meeting in Davos, Switzerland. And uh, these are supposed to be the, of course, the money of the world, the supposedly the, the wise, educated people of the world that come together uh, to, to ration out a path forward, and and their meeting that they had in August of uh, 2020, so just a few months ago, their entire meeting was framed around a proposal that was put forth um, by the the actual um, Prince Charles uh, from the United Kingdom. That's called the Great Reset, mm. and so basically, what they're doing is they're saying, you know what, our world's in turmoil with COVID nineteen. We've got an economic disaster happening across the globe in every country. We've got uh, a political upheaval that's happening all across the globe, and basically taking a, a you know one right out of, the, out of the old playbook. You never let a good crisis go to waste, right? And they feel like this is the time they even if you go to the website, you can say that uh, you'll see that they say there's a slim or just a a narrow window of opportunity that's available to completely remake the world Mm -hmm. into a new society, a new economy, a new government. Um, This is what they're pushing. And this was just a few months ago. It's it's right. amazing that you can go and and there's videos and you can watch them and, and see exactly what they're what they're talking about here. And when I think about that, um, and I think about um, the EU, and I think about the the prophecy and the end times, and you can see how it all can just come together. And again, things seem to be positioning in a way uh, that all the pieces that are needed are, are kind of on the table. They it's are. just a matter of uh, of God the Father to say you know hit the button and put everything into. To, into motion.
1: Yeah, you know, and going back and uh, wanting to speak on what you said about the the European Union being the revised Roman Empire. You know, it all started in 1957 when six European countries signed what was called the Treaty of Rome. And that treaty laid the foundation for the future United States of Europe. It is interesting that the Secretary of NATO at that time said on BBC, on a BBC documentary after the signing of this treaty, he said, We felt like Romans on that day. We were consciously creating the Roman Empire once more. Mm, That's right. I saw other headlines that that talked about when that treaty was signed,
0: uh, you know, statements like we're back or back together again, all referencing, you know, the Roman Empire coming Mm -hmm. together. And then over the course of really 50 plus years, um, it's just been culminating into – uh, the potential, uh, you know, is there for it to be really what uh, what the Bible says it's going to be. Right. We just There's ten nations that are going to rise up, and from that, the Antichrist will come, and, uh, and then the events begin to unfold from there that we'll be going into in the rest of the series.
1: That's right. You know, probably not all nations, you know, at first is going to submit to the uh, the European Union, this revised Roman Empire, and the leader that will rise from them, the Antichrist. But that European Union that we have today, it is the model for a conglomerate government, a one-world government. I mean, what do what are the people in Washington saying right now, at least one-half of our leaders? They're saying, oh, don't build the border. Why? Because, you know, one-world government, you have open borders. Yeah, there are no borders. That's right. Right.
0: You're You're a member of a global society, a global economy, a global— Government and and uh, borders don't matter. We're all citizens of the of the world. That's right, and of the earth. And so, um, yeah, the ideology is there, and it, the groundwork and the framework has been laid for quite some time. And uh, you know, I even think back to to uh, my uh, training and education. Uh, through the public school system. And I think about, you know, people were using these terms globalization and and kind of already floating that topics uh, when I was in school, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that that was already being pushed. And I can tell you, uh, I almost promise you that that's still going on today. And it certainly is happening in our universities uh, where they're pushing this ideology that, um, you know, everything needs to be just this common global uh, stance. I I talked to many people during uh, COVID-19 and and uh, you could tell that there was just kind of this COVID 19 is presenting our, our, our world just a kind of a weird scenario. There was a lot of people that said, mm-hmm. you know what, this is, there needs to be some global coordination of this. Mm-hmm. And that kind of took me by surprise. I'm like, I don't like the sounds of that. You know, right. yeah. now, that doesn't sound right to me, but I, I can almost see what they were saying is because they were like, they're, You've got all these different countries with different travel bans and everything else. That there needs to be some coordination. You could just see the kind of the writing on the wall Mm -hmm. um, that everything is falling in place for the events to come in the future. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, it's very interesting. That's right. Well, moving on to our 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 next sign Um, in Daniel uh, chapter twelve verse four, he talks about the dramatic advance in, in movement and travel and increase of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so um, I want to read that for our listeners today. And that's, again, uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. It says, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and sell the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Now, some believe that this refers to general tra- travel and knowledge of people. And if that's the case, then we can definitely say that that's occurring now. I mean, mm-hmm. just consider uh, how easy it is to go from place to place in our world versus 100, 200 years ago. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, we have cars that can drive 60, 70, 80 depending on if you drive the speed limit to miles per hour. Mm. Uh, we have uh, planes, trains, and and again, automobiles. Um, our Concorde jet, which is the fastest commercial jet, right now you can get a flight from New York to London, and it averages three hours and 30 minutes mm. to get yeah. across the entire Atlantic Ocean. That's a flight that normally would take in excess of eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're seeing just this... This massive ability to to move and to transit no longer are people, um, you know, uh, stuck in one place for their entire life. They can easily move around the entire globe right. at any point in time. We're also seeing massive migration. Uh, occur. And uh, not to get into illegal versus legal, but we just know people are on the move. Right. Uh, we, mm. uh, and even here in the United States, we see this massive move of people from South America coming to America. We know in the Middle East, there are people fleeing uh, countries because of war and civil war, massive refugees that are moving all over the place. Um, I saw statistics that says that as a people, uh, the world has more people in motion right now than ever before right. in terms of moving. And so that kind of speaks to uh, this prophecy. And then in terms of knowledge increase, um, you, you were talking about that earlier, Dad. Mm-hmm. Knowledge increase is just
1: expanding um, you know, throughout time and, and is going at a rapid pace right now. Yeah. Uh, knowledge is increasing at an ever-accelerating rate. Futurist and inventor, our uh, Buckminster Fuller, is known for creating the knowledge doubling curve in 1982 he estimated that up until 1900 human knowledge doubled approximately every century but by 1945, it was doubling every 25 years. And by 1982, it was doubling every 12 to 13 months. IBM experts predicted that by 2020, you know, the year we just left, human knowledge would double every 12 hours. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm out of school. Whatever I learn one day will be outdated by the following day. Well, an article in 2017 written by Mark Rosenberg stated that according to the U.S. Patent Office, over the last 50 years, the number of annual patents increased from about 50,000 to more than 325,000. And so Charles Duell, commissioner of the U.S. Patent Office in 1889, famously remarked, everything that can be invented has been has been invented. Boy, was he wrong. Knowledge is increasing at a dramatic rate today, and I I think we're seeing that fulfilled already in the scriptures.
0: Mm, Yeah, I I agree with you there. I I saw a couple other stats, Dad, on this. It said that 90 percent of all scientists Throughout time, have uh, been in the last 100 years, right? Yeah. Th- think think about that uh, statistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty uh, pretty crazy. And then also, over 50 uh, percent of all invented things have occurred in like the last 50 years, uh, right. which is hard to believe. Uh, that there's so much that we have at our disposal, things that are, are around us that are just being created on a daily basis. Obviously, knowledge has just increased in a, a substantial amount, which again seems to fit um, the prophecy there from from Daniel 12. You know, there's a, a second viewpoint to this particular uh, verse here, and, and some believe that this refers specifically to a specific type of knowledge, and that's the knowledge of God's plan of the end times. And mm-hmm. and so uh, basically that, that camp believed that men in their last days will be running to and fro, studying the book of Daniel and the other prophetic books of the Bible, trying to find answers about what's going on in the world around them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see that happening today as well. I mean, uh, part of what we're doing right now, our podcast, is is trying to get the information about the end times and the fact that Jesus is coming back out to as many people as we possibly can. That's right. And we know from that Google Trends that people are searching. They're wanting answers. They want to mm-hmm. know. And so I, depending on which way you look at this, I see that either way, it seems to be that we're moving in that direction of, of the Daniel 12 for um, prophecy.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: You know, I know many of you are listening to us and probably thinking, well, you're. what about what's going on right now? Right. Mm-hmm. What about COVID? What about the violence, what about the turmoil, the the political upheavals, the all of the things that are happening around us and and uh, you know we need to speak to those too. And so uh, probably the most um, notable uh, scripture when it comes to uh, the, the end times comes out of Matthew mm-hmm. uh, 24 and this is mm-hmm. uh, where Jesus is speaking. He, he's got his disciples um, and they go up to the Mount of Olives. And this is where uh, Jesus is explaining to them uh, what's going to happen at end times, because they actually ask the same question that people are Googling right now. Right. They say, they said, Master, you know, tell us, how will we know uh, that this is going to occur? When is it going to occur? Which is the same questions that are being asked today. But Jesus says in Matthew 24, verses four through eight, I'll read that to you now. It says, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying that I am the Christ. And will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you do not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. And all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Mm-hmm. And so these verses, um, many people like to take them and, and kind of apply that to the world that we're living in today and the things that we're seeing. And and uh, I think we have to be very careful there because those those verses and what Jesus was speaking about was the very beginning of, of the tribulation, which we're going to talk about in a future episode, and we'll get into the details of that. But I think what we can say is is that, uh, you know, for those things to, to occur— uh, there's going to be a lead-in. There's going to be a lead-up to that. And mm-hmm. we can certainly say that we're seeing that happen uh, right here and now. Mm-hmm. The first thing was deception, Dad. We were talking about that uh, really before uh, we started the, recording the podcast tonight, uh, the apostasy that we're seeing in the church.
1: Right, absolutely. I'll tell you what, I've never seen anything like it. When uh, I was a student in seminary, I went to a seminary, a Baptist seminary, matter of fact, in 1982, And I was just in shock because of the uh, the liberal professors there that denied the Word of God. I mean, uh, the rural churches that I grew up in, the rural church I grew up in, the one I'd worked as a youth minister, all those area churches, uh, they were con- strong, conservative, Bible-believing churches. But then at the place, the school where the ministers go, it had it, it grossly turned away from belief in the Word of God to believing lies and deception. And it was just uh, so discerning. Of course, the Southern Baptist a great war over that, over the Bible, and and the conservatives came out on top, and the seminaries have been really cleaned out, have been much stronger Bible believing seminaries. But but uh, today there is so much uh, de- lying and deception going on. There are so many churches that do not believe the Word of God is all the Word of God. They believe it's just inspired in spots. Hey, it's all the Word of God or it's not the Word of God. And uh, many today, many denominations have accepted immoral lifestyles and allowed immoral people into their pulpits. I mean, it just, it just sickened me that there was a United Methodist minister that stood before, I guess it was the House of Representatives, it was Congress, after they had just in the last few days decided to be gender neutral in their speech, you know, no longer use the words father and mother and brother and sister and men and women. He, he prayed to the monotheistic God, and of course, we believe that there's only one God, and, and he named off the different names of God that different religions worship, and then he closed his prayer. Now, this is a supposedly a Christian minister. He closed his prayer saying, Amen. And a woman. Now isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Crazy Absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean the world has just gone crazy. And uh churches today are turning against God and and accepting uh ungodly lifestyles uh, it's it's we definitely have been seeing the apostasy of the church for many years now i I have been a pastor I started being a full-time pastor in 1985 and I'd, I'd been a youth minister and in a and then an interim pastor a few churches prior to that while I was in school uh, but I have seen how how uh, churches have gotten away from the Lord and the belief in the word of God today and uh there, there is the true church. It's out there. I pastor a bunch of people that I believe that really love God and love Jesus. Uh, but I believe the day will come, and it's going to happen during the tribulation. But you know, I hope that uh, I'll already be gone, whew, raptured up to be with Jesus before that time comes. But even prior to the tribulation, I believe there's going to be uh, persecution all over the world like it's happening in China and places. And there's going to be the sifting of the church. The true Christians will come to to the forefront. That's exactly
0: right. And, Dad, as you were talking about that, I was just thinking about uh, you know, I don't want to pick on, on the, the growth of the mega churches, but that, that seems to be. You know, we're an area that just makes me a little concerned because um, not all, but there seems to be so much in those churches of focus on the lights, the cameras, the the smokes, uh, screens, and and all the different things that they have going on. Um, and there's very sometimes little focus on on the actual doctrine and, and the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you go, you get your coffee in the lobby, and you go sit down, and someone just preaches a feel good message, and then you go out and you you live your life, and mm-hmm. that just seems to be such a draw, which fits into. To to kind of what God is uh, Or or what Jesus was saying here uh, In Matthew 24 That there's just going to be this uh, Kind of falling away As we know that's going to occur There at the end of time uh, Mm -hmm. Where people just kind of Move away from From what is truth um, In search of their own truth That's right so the, the other thing that we see here in these verses is wars. So obviously we know that there's no shortage of wars in our world. Right. Uh, we've been in a, uh, a period of war, it seems like, continually for almost my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's nothing necessarily new. There's always been war and there always will be war. Um, but it definitely seems that the these uh, uprisings of a nation versus nation is definitely on the rise uh, compared to the past. Famines, uh, we we hear famines that are occurring mm-hmm. um, all the time, where there's food shortages. You know, I even think about right now, even though there's not a um, the inability to, to get food. But I think about even right now in the middle of COVID-19, uh, how many families are, are going hungry because of loss of employment and they don't have the ability to go and grow a garden and, and to to make their food or hunt their food. And so uh, there's massive food banks right now that are trying to take care of the citizens of the world. That
1: in and of itself is a famine to me,
0: uh, right. You know, the ability to, to, to get food and the nourishment that they need. Uh, that's what we're seeing right now.
1: You know, I was reading uh, just today about uh, one of the effects of COVID nineteen. You know, at a lot of the uh, meat packing plants. Of course, uh, you know, meat, if you do, do not uh, get it out there in the public to sell in a timely matter, meat will spoil. And so think of all the meat that spoiled and went to the bad because workers had COVID-19 and were not allowed to come in and yeah. work. Plants were closed down. And- uh, plants closed down and mm-hmm. etc. And, of course, we saw some shortages of uh, certain types of food and the grocery store nothing like the shortage of paper products like the toilet paper and etc but uh There's there's people that are hungry in Mm -hmm. America. I remember and we're the most prosperous nation in the world. I remember seeing on the news uh, in the last few months when they were giving away food pertaining to uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas and et cetera. uh, People were in line for over a mile in their cars waiting to get just a little big bag of groceries. And I never remember it being like that. No, I mean, I saw that same
0: coverage and uh, they were serving seeing like 12 cars a minute. And they were interviewing, of course, many of these people and, and, uh, you know, it was heartbreaking stories to hear these people say, you know, I've never had to take a handout ever in my life. But because I've been out of work and unable to work and I lost my job, I I can't put food on the table. And so uh, just a sad scenario. And again, I I see that as kind of an artificial famine, if you will, uh, that's happened here right in, in modern times. Pestilence. Oh uh, yeah, my goodness! If I just wrote a list down, Dad, these are these are things that are, are happening and or have happened just in recent years. Uh, COVID nineteen, mm. uh, Ebola. We had an Ebola outbreak that's still going on in countries in Africa. We actually had scare here in the United States. Uh, SARS, MERS. Um, Malaria, HIV, and all the host of, of STDs to couple with it, and many uh, diseases that we thought we have eradicated through vaccination, we're seeing a resurgence of those due to uh, people again on the move, people who have been unvaccinated moving into populations where people have been vaccinated has caused a rise in like measles and mumps and rubella and some of these uh, things that we thought we had had taken care of. And then I add cancer to the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think about our prayer list at our church, Dad. You know, We have a, a mm-hmm. section there that's people with cancer, and that is the longest list of all the different prayer requests or people in our church or associated to our church that have cancer. All of us know somebody who has cancer or has right. been impacted by cancer or have someone in our family. Um, yeah, and that, to me, just seems like the biblical definition of a pestilence. We've got this problem that seems to be pervasive that we really don't have a solution to mm-hmm. right now. there's there's no no cure at the moment, even though people are working toward that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I thought about this past year of uh, the uh, locust plague. Yeah, you know, I did a little bit of research today pertaining to how many of the plagues that did that God brought upon. Egypt has has happened somewhere around the world, you know, in, in the year 2020, and there have been many of them that's taken place. And one in particular would be the plague of locusts. The locust invasion that swept over the farms in rural Kenya uh, starting in December the 19th left a uh, Farmers counting crop losses, struggling with emerging environmental and health problems, and uh, if the swarm was the worst that Kenya had seen in 70 years, and of course uh, the swarm, we we heard about it going on even later on during the year. Uh, a swarm of 80 million locusts can consume food equivalent to that eaten by 35,000 people a day mm-hmm. and we're talking about bugs yeah. you know and and eat enough uh, a, a big plague Uh, And that's what we had over there in Africa and in Kenya and Ethiopia and Uganda and Somalia and then India, Pakistan, Iran, uh, Yemen, Saudi Arabia. All of those countries experienced uh, a locust plague, a locust swarm there in large numbers. Think of all the food that these locusts uh, eat up. And so it's just amazing the things that's happened uh, just this past year uh, aside from COVID-19.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing the images of that and uh, the ground would be black and and you when you first look at it you're like why is the ground black and then as it got closer you could see that it was there were so many locusts on the ground uh that that it made the ground look black. They were just, you know, just millions upon millions of them in the photograph that I saw and it's it just uh Unreal. So we definitely have pestilence um, in our time, and then uh, earthquakes. Of course, uh, we know that seismic activity is is on the rise. It has been uh, since really the 1970s, and even beyond that, since they've really been tracking uh, that. And some people say, well, well it's just because we can measure it more. But we know that the magnitudes. Of earthquakes are increasing as well and have That's been right. consistently increasing um, over time. And so, you know, again, I, as we talk about these things, I want to remind everyone that these verses, again, pertain to really the star of the tribulation. And, and, and that's something we're going to get into. And again, in a later episode, uh, but we definitely know that there's a lead in and a run up to that. And we're, I feel like we're seeing that right now. Uh, that's right. All things are pointed in that direction uh, mm-hmm. that we're heading toward uh, the end of times. Mm-hmm. Well, dad, as we uh, get ready to wrap up here, um, we really need to address one last question. I know everyone's wanting to know. So, you know, how close are we? Uh, to the to the end of times. And, you know, we must be uh, very careful and we must be very uh, uh, serious and, and admit that we don't know. You don't know. I don't know. And the Bible clearly tells us in uh, Matthew twenty four thirty six that uh, but of the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Mm-hmm. Uh, knows the time in which these events are going to to uh, unfold. And, you know, that's an amazing statement there that uh, this references that only the Father knows. Mm-hmm. That means Jesus doesn't even know mm-hmm. uh, a time at which it, it's going uh, to be to occur. And it says the angels don't know. And the imagery I always get in my head when I think about that, I, I see the angels in heaven looking through, you know, the portal and, and able to see our world. And and I just see that there's this great ex- Anticipation in heaven, mm-hmm. um, and I just see the angels looking. They're always looking, and they keep looking back at the Father and going, "Is now the time? Is now the time? Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it time? Can we go now? Is Is this when it is?" Um, but they don't know the time. No one does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we can say is that we're we're closer than we ever been. Right. You know, I, uh, when I. I was studying. I ran across a story of a a man who was um, he had stayed up uh, late to do some reading and studying and his wife had gone to bed and uh, they had a grandfather clock. And um, as he was uh, reading, the grandfather clock began to chime and he counted the chimes uh, to know what time it was. And he counted nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 And he jumped up from his seat and he ran upstairs to his wife and he woke her up. He says, wake up, wake up. It's later than it's ever been. Right. Because it had chimed 13 times. And, you know, that's really what we can say about where we are now. We're closer than we've ever been. It's later than it's ever been. Right. Um, And that we are moving closer to uh, what will be the end of time when uh, Jesus will return And, uh, you know, we talked about he came one time as a meek, uh, helpless baby, but when he comes again, he's going to come as that lion uh, of Judah, and he's going to come as king of kings, lord of lords, and everyone's going to see. And so, you know, as we get ready to close here, uh, we have to admit, since we don't know when it's going to occur, it could happen now. That's right. it, It could happen before we even have an opportunity to get this podcast out to the audience. Right. Or it could happen the next day that it's released. And so... Um, I think the important message that we need to get to our listeners uh, on every episode that we're doing during this series is that we need to be prepared Mm -hmm. because he can come at any time. And so I'd like to encourage anyone who is listening, if you've been listening to us and you're wondering about this end times and the return to Jesus and what does it all mean, um, we want you to know that that. Uh, there is uh, a path to avoid a lot of what we're talking about, mm-hmm. about the the tribulation and some of the terrible things that are going to unfold. And that is to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Um, it's a very, very easy process to just admit uh, that you are a sinner and to confess that you have sin in your life that – uh, that you want to confess to God and that you want to repent from that, turn from that sin and ask him to come and to be Lord and Savior of your life. And when you do that, um, he will fill you with his spirit and 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 the shed blood of Jesus will cover all of those sins and all the wrong things that you've ever done. And you will become a child of God and you'll become my brother or my mm-hmm. sister in Christ. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's just an amazing thing. And I would encourage all of you, uh, if you haven't made that decision or you don't know, if you know that you're saved, that you would try to get that right right now because, again, mm-hmm. he could come at any time. Absolutely. Um, and the, it, just from what we're talking about, Dad, it seems like it could be any day mm-hmm. um, at this point.
1: That's exactly right. The thing uh, to do is be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be, be ready. Always be, be ready. Be prepared. Yeah. prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. Well,
0: I hope everyone uh, enjoyed the first episode of Coming King, the the Lion of Judah. Uh, I had a fun time with this one, Dad. I think uh, the whole series is going to be great. We uh, encourage you to stay with us uh, to really uh, get through this. You need to attend all the the episodes and listen and and study. And if you have questions, feel free to email us at bonfireministries at gmail.com. I would encourage you to subscribe on all our different platforms. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook. You can uh, download our episodes on pretty much any podcast. Uh, place that you can get. I got news this week that we have been added to Pandora. And so if you're a Pandora user, feel free to go on to Pandora and search for Bonfire Podcast, and you'll be able to listen to us right there with some of your favorite music as well. So uh, really anywhere uh, there can be, we will be. That's right. And so, uh, Dad, if you would, pray us out here. Hey, and share. And share. That's right. Share. Uh, Please share. Tell someone uh, about the Bonefire Podcast. And if you're using our online media stuff like Facebook and and so forth, hit that like button, hit that share button. I can't tell you how important uh, that is to to get the message out. Uh, One of our recent posts, we we had over, um, uh, it was over a thousand shares. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had over 24,000 people that uh, interacted with that post. And so Mm -hmm. uh, we want to get this word out to as many people as possibly can. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's coming back as the Lion of Judah.
1: You know, and one thing we've noticed about the shares, Matt, is that uh, in foreign countries, people are doing a better job sharing our podcast than even in America. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know.
0: that, that's that's very true. So, um, you know, our countries like Romania and the Philippines and and many of the, the folks abroad, we want to thank you for uh, listening and, and for uh, participating and sharing. And I'd like to encourage our, our friends here in the United States that we need you to get on board and do the same. Uh, because the other countries are, are showing us up right now That's when right. it comes to that. So That's right. Dad, would you pray us sure. out of here?
1: Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you in Jesus' name for giving Matt and I this opportunity to uh, talk about Jesus and to talk about what the Word of God says pertaining to the end. Uh, the time in which Jesus will come back. And Lord, we don't know the day nor the hour when our Lord and Savior, when you will return. But, oh, God, we're thankful that you have opened our eyes to help us to see, oh, God, that we're getting closer and closer to it every moment. And, Father, there could be someone out there, uh, plenty of people, rather, out there listening to this podcast that they have not had their sins forgiven and washed away. And, Lord, it's available. Uh, Jesus shed his blood that we might be forgiven. And I pray, Lord, today that if there was uh, those out there listening to us that would like to become a Christian, that they would just ask you to forgive them of their sins uh, right now. And uh, Lord, uh, asked ask you to, to come and live inside of them and take control of their life, that they might serve you for all the days of their life, receiving you as Savior and Lord, just in simple prayer, uh, just confessing their sins, asking for forgiveness and making that pledge to live for you. And then they can become a child of God. So, Lord, I pray that they'll do that. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. And we love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you
0: to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.